Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for, and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I, of course, cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners, and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions, because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. I was just laughing as the music was playing because last weekend or last time, I guess it was last weekend um, when I was on the show, my daughters were at home listening and they, and when I got home, uh, my husband showed me a recording of them like with headphones on and a microphone and they were singing the music and they were doing an intro. It was so cute. Oh, kids are adorable, aren't they? When they don't need a hundred million things all the time, but. <laughs> oh, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, you're listening again to McNamara on Money. Uh, my guest, my guest, my co-host this morning. Get that right. I guess you? I can't call you a guest since you did found the show <laughs> all those years ago. Uh, is my father, Michael McNamara. Thanks for being here. You dragged me here. What are you talking I about? I know. Good morning. I only gave him about 24 <laughs> hours, less than 24 hours notice. I think it was me. Maybe 16 hours notice, but appreciate you being here. Thank you. And you didn't even have to do any work. You just no, had to show up. I'm, I'm going to ride the, ride the wave I here. Know. I love it, it. I did all the prep and all the and all the uh, big thinking for today's show. So, um, so we're going to talk this morning about risk, risk and reward, risk mitigation. But um, the title of today's show is "What Risks Are You Willing to Take?" So we're going to approach risk from all different angles. 
Um, you know, the, the one that comes to mind first, I think, obviously, when you're on a financial talk radio show is investment risk. So we're going to start with that and spend a good amount of time on that. But we're also going to talk about some other types of risks. Which are probably more important to worry about. That's probably yeah. true. But yeah. You, but you're no, right. you're absolutely you, true. You're right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, sometimes, <laughs> and some of these risks people might not even really think of as risk or, or, or don't stress about them as much as they would stress about investment risks. But yep. you're right. Some of yep. them are probably more important. It's good to start that way. But folks, hang on for the important stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, inflation risk, yeah. you know, that's sort of top of mind these days with the inflation that we're seeing, interest rate risk, and then uh, some other types of risks, risk of living a long life, risk of dying prematurely. So we're going to approach this from all different angles, but under each sort of section of, of under each type of risk that we're going to talk about today, I want to talk also about, um, you know, I guess this, this whole concept of risk and reward, like what's the reward for taking that risk? What are the mitigation, what are, what are the ways that you can mitigate risk if you, if you're not comfortable taking, um, certain types of risks and, and everybody's different. And some people are more comfortable with cert with different, with, with certain types of risk than others. And, um, or some people have a higher tolerance for risk than others, but that also depends on age and circumstances. So, um, so we'll get into that today. So, but yeah, but stay tuned. We're talking all about risk. What risks are you willing to take? So let's start with, um, I guess, let's just start with investment risk. I think that's yeah. one of the more fun ones uh, it, it is. to talk about. No question about it. Um, but I, yeah, I, by the way, the pe- if we started off with like dying and stuff, people would just turn it that's off and true. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe tune in the second hour <laughs> well, the, or something like yeah. that. Right. So you gotta, There's gotta, also no reward for taking the risk of dying that, prematurely too. That's right. So that's and, kind of a depressing one. Yeah. And people yeah. don't like to think about risk anyway. They, they have avoidance or you know, whatever yeah. kind of mechanism. So, so folks, we're also going to tell you how to, how to fix it if, you're, if you, if you want to think about it, because you can ignore it if you want, but uh, stuff happens. And um, with investment risk, it's, you know, you and I know that it, that people's comfort level with investment risk or tolerance for investment risk also changes. It changes with market. I think it changes over time with life, but it also changes with markets. Yep, it true like does. everyone, a lot of people have a high tolerance for risk right now in, in the financial, in the markets with, with your investments because markets have been so strong for so many years, you know, re- really north of a decade, right? Markets have been pretty strong other than we had a, a pretty big hiccup last year, but it was very short. By the way, I, I see that now called the Corona crash, by the way, just, I, just for future reference. Yes, <laughs> I was calling it the COVID uh, market, but yes, coronavirus crash is what I saw when I was reading. You think of beaches yeah. and beer when you say it that yeah. way. You know? okay. <laughs> <Corona> <laughs> <crash>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so I guess on that note, I, I, um, I wanted to talk about some of the worst markets we've seen in in um, the last hundred years or so, um, because I think when people when people of course think about you know r- risk in an investment strategy, um, you know w- one of the ways to gauge comfort level with risk is to um, is is to gauge comfort level with you know seeing temporary downward balances right and and it's hard to. I actually think it's hard to um, gauge comfort level with risk when we're talking about percentages, but that's just the way that we always talk in the markets in terms of up a certain percentage or down a certain percentage. But we have a, we can't really do it on the air today, but we have a software that we use to assess clients' comfort level with risk. And I like this particular, it's just a little you know five minute questionnaire, but I like that questionnaire because it, it doesn't talk really about percentages, it shows clients dollars and it shows them their dollars, right? So it, it, it's how much money do you have, right? You put in the number and then it's showing them 
okay, how would you feel if instead of seeing this number, you saw this number, yeah, right? A okay. much lower number. <laughs> and so I think that that's more impactful than talking about percentages. Because right in our world, we're always talking about down 10%, dollars can down be 20 Yeah, dollars can be scarier or they can be more exciting. That's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, that, so anyway, we, we could, I guess we could pop into that and, and do that today. That's kind of a fun questionnaire, but I think it's more real than talking about percentages. Having said that, some of the percentages are really large when we go back and look at historical markets. So that's impactful as well. Yeah, and just just to back up a little bit, I, I, I th- you know, I, I understand uh, these modern versions of brisk tests. Absolutely, that makes some sense. But yeah. it's my opinion that the more people get educated about something, probably the more comfortable they are with risk. And so we try to True. spend a lot of time educating people. But you know, I, I think if we gave a a new client, a risk questionnaire, and then gave them the same one five or six or eight years yeah. later, it might be dramatically different sort of a thing. So I, I think the the unknown and the uneducated, mm. uh, th- that that just makes it that way. Yeah. Know, just, it's just kind of difficult. I mean, I, I've been in this business 41 years, and I think I've met three clients who said they were aggressive. Everybody else was conservative in the last 40, 41 oh, years. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because my yeah. story is the exact opposite. No kidding. Wow. Exact opposite. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and by the way, your point a, a moment ago about, you know, giving someone a risk questionnaire five yeah. years apart or whatever. Also, if you give someone a risk questionnaire now, yeah. and then you give them a risk questionnaire <laughs> the next time the market's down 30%, yeah. it's a totally different score. <laughs> Everybody's score is totally different. And, and it shouldn't be that way, folks. Yeah. It, it, you know, if you want to be a, a good, solid investor, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. But here we are. But interesting you say that about the, the people that you know. I mean, a lot, most of the people well, that I'm meeting in the last decade anyway. Anyway, yeah. are are want to be aggressive? Yeah, d- different because that's all they different generation sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah, but but even some older yeah. clients, very few of them want to be conservative hmm. lately. But I think hmm. that that's market related. Yeah, that might be the bond world these days. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all in your head, folks. The market's going to do what it's going to do, and you need to understand it. But hey, let's talk about some scary markets. Okay, to put things into perspective. <laughs> so I went back, and I, um, you know, there's been several bear markets in in the last hundred years, but I I pulled one, two, three, four, five of the largest ones. I bet you could tell me those five right now. Yeah. But I went all the way back to the Great Depression, so 1929. So there's different there's different ways to measure the U.S. market, but but what we're going to talk about uh, in this section is the U.S. market, yep. and generally that's measured by the Dow Jones or the S and P 500. Those generally track, you know, the, the numbers are similar. Yep. So so the, the the even like the first couple I'm talking about the Dow, and then we talk about the S and P. But but generally those are similar numbers in terms of their gains and their losses. So back in 1929, I didn't pull the exact dates, but we had a two day drop in the Dow Jones of 25%. So 25% of the value of the Dow Jones was was temporarily down in just two days. And and uh, from 1929 to like, it was fall of 1929 to summer, I guess, of 1932, the Dow Jones was down 89% from its high. Yeah, that's pretty scary. In yeah. almost three years, which is incredibly scary. And we haven't seen anything like that 
in, uh, since then, but 89% from his high, unbelievable. And then that market, and hopefully, again, we don't see a market like that ever again with, uh, you know, maybe more sophisticated uh, regulation of financial markets or th- and things like well, that. Well, yeah, and I, I think th- th- like- there was no rules in 1929, right. and the government over the years has kind of stepped in to make some things so it's yeah. a little bit more regulated sort of a thing. The, so, yeah. And 2020 and 2021 is yeah. a perfect example of the government yeah. stepping in and markets the, the, doing the, just the, wonderfully. The opposite. Yeah, the basically. exact opposite, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, and, but, but, the, but the Great Depression in 1929, I guess, it took more than a decade yep. for the Dow to recover from, from that drop. So unbelievable um, ab- about 100 years ago there. So hopefully we never see anything like that. But you're right, gov- with government stepping in, it's Well, from it's 2000 to likely. 2010, it took a decade to recover, too. You, you, you yep. did some performance yep. numbers a few years ago about looking uh, at that thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, how about Black Monday? You were in the business on Black Monday in 1987. I was. I was, right? in, I was in West Texas looking at oil wells, as a matter of fact. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't know that story. Oh, yeah. So I guess a 20, <laughs> so a 22% drop in one day. Yep. And that, and from my, again, I wasn't in the business at that time, but my, from my reading, it really wasn't, um, the, the, the external factor, the, uh, what caused that was like, that was sort of, was at the beginning of electronic trading and there were some snafus in uh, the trading markets yeah, or something? Basically a stupid thing yeah. that everybody got nervous about. Yeah. So a 22% drop in one day, and then I guess about two full years for the market to recover from that. So a, so a short, steep decline, and then like a split a slowish you know recovery from that a couple years. Yeah, what, what, folks, while you're listening to these scary numbers, one of the things you need to understand is that the stock market always go up, goes up over the long run. Mm. We, we may get to that, but yeah. but you need to have the time to to, to to go through those times, and 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 it's the most difficult thing for people to do to to have to sit back and if you're well yeah. if you're well prepared, give it enough time to be okay, sort of a thing. Time you know? is your friend yeah, in the yeah, world it, of it, bear it, markets. The, the, the longer you go with a client, the easier it gets to to work with them, right? Yeah. Think about it. yeah. Well, I do think it's important to talk about how long it takes these markets to recover yeah, from yeah. these scary markets because, yeah. because, like I said a moment ago, yeah. a lot of people are comfortable being aggressive right yeah. now. Yeah. But, but we, you know, and I have to guide them and and really understand. Well, what's the time horizon there? Especially if I'm yeah. talking to someone, you know, who's who's older and approaching retirement age or in retirement. If they want to be aggressive, I have to have these conversations about. Okay, well. Well, if we have, when we have the next bear market, and if it takes several years to recover, we're going to need that time, right? And um, so I think it's important to talk about not only how, um, not only past, you know, declines, temporary declines, all followed by recoveries. We should be- Every one. Every single one of them. But it's important to know the time because as you and I know, we need time for portfolios to recover because we don't want to sell things when they're down in value. We want to try to, you want to try to avoid that when, when you're an investor. Sell yeah. high, yeah. Yeah. buy low. By the way, this, right? this is just a question because we're in different time frames. So the, the vast majority of folks I'm still working with, I've known for at least 15 and probably 20 or 25 years, mm-hmm. okay? So when, when we do our investment reporting for our clients, we give them different time frames to look at to kind of see how things go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, think about it, folks. If, you, if you've been investing for 20 years and you look at your five-year, your 10-year, and your 15 mm. and 20-year returns, it's just, just looking backwards to see how it goes. They're all going to be different, okay? But you know what? Okay, uh, if you had only been... the, the if you have a really good market, and I've been saying this to folks now, well, your five-year returns are going to jump more 
than your 10-year returns right. are going to do. And your 10-year returns right. are going to jump more. And by the way, the good news is that the longer-term returns don't move very much mm-hmm. regardless of what happens in a year or two. And, and so the, the point is people have to get to that point where they can see how that works and then meetings get easier. For me, that's almost every meeting, but how, where, where's your time frame with that? Are you having some of those discussions or is it still yeah. not, not long enough to get people comfortable and, and go, go easy? Just well, you have to remember that I do meet with some of the clients that yeah, you've known for 20 years, yeah. so I do have a lot of those discussions. Yeah, and, and you've got you know, the history to yeah. show them sort of a thing. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. But it, so, so the longer the time horizon you have, the easier it gets. The more predictable <laughs> the returns are. That's why we can yep. say, I, you know, we think not guaranteed your yeah. returns will be in this range over the long yeah. term, yeah. eight, ten, twelve years. How long right? is that? Right. right. It, well, it's a market cycle, which is eight or twelve, eight to twelve years on average, yeah. I yeah. guess, full market right. cycles. Yeah. If you want to be on um, the conservative side. Yeah, but it is interesting. It's it's interesting now and I think it can be hard for people to understand now that their shorter term returns one year three year five year are right now better higher numbers than their than their longer term returns yeah well, we tell our clients we're never gonna look this smart right again right for a while right <laughs> right I think that can be hard for people to understand well, yeah. markets have been incredibly strong over the last five and yeah. even 10 years. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. market has significantly outperformed its long-term average in the last five years by like multiple points, five percentage points or something. Yeah. Um, so so it's it's been incredible and, and international markets have been strong as well. So, Which is why we're having this show yeah. to get people ready for but the big one. But, it'll be, <laughs> but, but when you're in a down market, yeah. it's very comforting. You know, this, then there can be periods of time where your shorter term returns are worse than your longer yeah. term returns. Returns yeah. and that that's very comforting. Yeah. Th- those longer term returns are comforting in those times. But all right, I lost my train of thought. What um, were we talking about? We were talking about markets oh, going down. Oh, markets scary. going down. Yeah, 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 yeah. scary yeah. one. So we went over the Great Depression and yep. Black Monday of 1987. Yep. All right, the, been there, done that. The, okay, the next one, <laughs> the next big notorious one, the dot com bubble that started in uh, early 2000. So the dot com boom was the late 90s, and then the bubble was. Um, 2000 to 2003. So that so at in that time the I think now this is the S and P was down 45 percent from its high over about two and a half years, and then it took another like three and a half years for the market yep. to fully recover. So that was like a six year cycle right there yep. from the top of the market right you know ride it down ride it back up it's about six years for the market to be where uh long, it, long time long, in, in, in any long time yeah in our instant yeah. gratification world uh yeah we want it, we want it all we want it now that was like forever right that was like a super <laughs> long one but so but <clears throat> on that note i went back and i happened to uh pull a we have a client that I knew had more than 20 years of, of history, yeah. performance history in our software. So yeah. I pulled like a 20, I couldn't get an exact 20 year return, yeah. but I got a 21 year return. Yeah. So starting at that really awful time, yeah. early 2000, yeah. um, which is coincidentally and unfortunately some, our software starts tracking some yeah. information yeah. at that time, but 21 year returns, um, I'm sorry, the, the S&P over about 21 years, starting with that awful market, the dot-com bubble, is still like 8% per year. Yeah, seven, yeah, it, seven, it's, right. not a, it's not a bad number. Yeah. No, it's not 12 or 15%, yeah. but it's like we're seeing right now, but it's but 8% per year starting with like, 
with one of the worst, starting with a valley, yeah. right, with with a down market is a really, yeah. really respectable return over 20 years. Yeah, I think you um, you, you were still in school at 2000, right? When, when did you get out? Uh, I got out of school in 2003, so yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, Dur during you, those... So you were paying those tuitions in those awful, awful market years. Dur during those Thank years, you. when I opened this show, I would say, this is World Optimism Headquarters for investors, let's talk. Mm. But I, I did that for two or three years because everybody was bummed out sort of a thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. long time to yep. be bummed out yeah. and we had you know, another one about a decade later yeah. folks by the way uh, just just a quick aside um, the, the stock market over the long run always goes up and the reason it does that is, that is that the companies that make up that make more and more money most of them over time and they become more valuable if you don't believe us and if you need some uh, verification on that there's a wonderful website called the S&P 500 at your fingertips and if you google that it's part of a website called political calculations uh, which I don't care about but this S&P 500 at your fingertips just go there you can put in your birthday mm. okay and you can see how the stock market's done for your birthday or you can put in 20 years ago and see how it and mm. so if you if you want if you have to believe that the stock market's always going to go up over the long run to, to get into this game, folks, okay? And you, you just need to take a serious look at how that's worked over time. It, yeah. it, it always goes up because we have this thing called capitalism, and companies have to make more and more money for profits, and, and become companies become more valuable because they more... That's how it works, folks. Very long, though. Very, it, yeah. How long does it take to grow a company and have it become profitable? Yeah, yeah. it has gone yeah. up over time, yeah. but doesn't go straight up. Yeah, unfortunately, you need to believe that. Yeah, okay, and be yeah. comfortable with it to be okay, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. How about the credit crisis? So the credit crisis started really at the end of 07, but some of the scariest numbers were really 08 and into 09. Oh yeah. So the S and P down. Uh, well, I looked at the Dow and the S&P, down between 51 and 54% from their highs over 18 months. So not super, super, well, I guess a year and a half is, you know, still relatively long. Um, and then again, about three years to recover from that. Yeah. So... Oh, I thought you had a comment. No, I, I yeah. actually, I, I, did, I didn't want to interrupt. I mean, yeah, for, yeah so by the way, you know, you can be nervous or excited or depressed about something going down 50%, but if only a half of your money is in that stock market, mm. you, you didn't go down 50%. So unless you're 100% invested, yeah. folks, in the stock market, I mean, uh, the, the most recent example I can think of this, and you saw it well, you know, we have... We have some portfolios and, you know, if you were like, like 50 or 60 percent stocks and then bonds on the rest of the portfolio, I, I did a lot of the, the last year's uh, Corona crash. Mm -hmm. Okay. When the market was down 34 yeah. percent, most of our clients were temporarily down 12, 13, 14. Yeah. So, so, folks, just please understand that what goes on in the stock market, I kind of gets relates to what percentage of your money's in stocks. Right. And by the way, if, if people are selling stocks, they're probably buying bonds. So it's not as bad as you think it is. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So what? So one of my, I wanted to talk about risk mitigation. Right. Yeah. So so this is, these are the, <laughs> I, the these are the I'm grabbing the audience right now with these, with these numbers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but of course we want to talk about you know how to how to mitigate that risk. Right. And and for someone to be invested 100 percent in stocks, hopefully not just in one you know stock or one, even one market, but. Yep. Um, but for, but for someone to be invested like that, they need to have, they should have <laughs> a lot of time to recover. These are some long periods of time to recover. So not prudent to be an investment strategy in an investment strategy like this, unless you have enough time to for your portfolio to dig itself out of these holes all throughout history. They have. Yep. Yep. 
All right, last one before the break. The corona crash, the corona crash. of 2020. <laughs> the the S&P down 12% in one week, then another 10%, then a couple weeks later, another 10% in one day, and then another 13% in one day, like the next day. <laughs> so we were down about 27% over about six weeks. But that one, the recovery was super fast. About, what, three months? Three, four months yeah. to, to, to total recovery. And so. Dick in Plymouth, hang on. We'll get thank, to you in a minute. Thank you, federal government, for that. <laughs> yes, we have a caller, so we'll go to Dick from Plymouth after the break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined by my father, Michael McNamara. Today, we'll be right back. This is Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Here's what people want to know about me. Are you a fiduciary? Are you independent, and thus are your recommendations for me in my best interest? Are your costs reasonable? Can you help me with my money and making a plan for my future? Fortunately, the answer to all of those questions is yes. Call my office to find out more. 781-834-2010. I was just laughing as the music was playing because last weekend, or last time, I guess it was last weekend um, when I was on the show, my daughters were at home listening, and and when I got home, uh, my husband showed me a recording of them like with headphones on and a microphone and they were singing the music and they were doing an intro. It was so cute. Uh, kids are adorable, aren't they? When they don't need a hundred million things all the time. But <laughs> uh, uh, Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, you're listening again to McNamara on Money. Uh, my guest, my guest, my co-host this morning. Get that right, I guess you? I can't call you a guest since you did found the show <laughs> all those years ago uh, is my father, Michael McNamara. McNamara, thanks for being here. You dragged me here. What are you talking about? I know. Good morning. I only gave him about 24 (laughs) hours, less than 24 hours notice. I think it was maybe 16 hours notice, but appreciate you being here. Thank you. And you didn't even have to do any work. You just had to show up. I'm I'm going to ride the wave here. I know. I love it. I did all the prep and all the the, uh, big thinking for today's show. So so we're going to talk this morning about risk. Risk and reward, risk mitigation, but... Um, the title of today's show is What Risks Are You Willing to Take? So we're going to approach risk from all different angles. Um, you know, the, the one that comes to mind first, I think, obviously, when you're on a financial talk radio show is investment risk. So we're going to start with that and spend a good amount of time on that. But we're also going to talk about some other types of risks. Which are probably more important to worry about. That's probably yeah. true. But yeah. You, but you're no, right. you're absolutely yeah, true. You're right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, sometimes, <laughs> and some of these risks people might not even really think of as risk or, or, or don't stress about them as much as as they would stress about investment risks, but yep. you're right, some of them yep. are probably more important. It's good to start that way, but folks hang on for the important stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, inflation risk, yeah. you know, that's sort of top of mind these days with the inflation that we're seeing, interest rate risk, and then some other types of risks, risk of living a long life, risk of dying prematurely. So we're going to approach this from all different angles, but under each sort of section of, of under each type of risk that we're going to talk about today, I want to talk also about um, you know, I guess this this whole concept of risk and reward. Like, what's the reward for taking that risk? What are the mitigation? What are what are the ways that you can mitigate risk if you if you're not comfortable taking um, certain types of risks? And and everybody's different. And some people are more comfortable with cert with different with with certain types of risk than others. And uh, more some people have a higher tolerance for risk than others. But that also depends on age and circumstances. So um, so we'll get into that today. So but yeah, but stay tuned. We're talking all about risk. What risks are you willing to take? So let's start with, um, I guess, let's just start with investment risk. I think that's yeah. one of the more fun ones uh, it, it is. to talk about. No question about it. Um, 
But I, yeah. I, by the way, the pe- if we started off with like dying and stuff, people would just turn it that's off and true. You know, maybe yeah. maybe tune in the second hour <laughs> well, the, or something like yeah. that. Right? So you gotta, There's gotta, also no reward for taking the risk of dying that, prematurely, too. That's right. So that's and, kind of a depressing one. Yeah, and people yeah. don't like to think about risk anyway. They're, they they have avoidance or yeah, you know, whatever yeah. kind of mechanism. So so folks, we're also going to tell you how to how to fix it if you're if you if you want to think about it because you can ignore it if you want, but uh, stuff happens. And um, with investment risk, it's you know you and I know that. It, that people's comfort level with investment risk or tolerance for investment risk also changes. It changes with market. I think it changes over time with life, but it also changes with markets. Yep, it true Like does. everyone, a lot of people have a high tolerance for risk right now in in the financial in the markets with with your investments because markets have been so strong for so many years. You know, re- really north of a decade, right? Markets have been pretty strong other than we had a, a pretty big hiccup last year, but it was very short. By the way, I, I see that now called the Corona crash, by the way, just, I, just for future reference. Yes, I was calling it the COVID <laughs> uh, market, but yes, coronavirus crash is what I saw when I was reading. You think of beaches yeah. and beer when you say it that yeah. way. You know? okay. <laughs> <Corona> <laughs> <crash>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so I guess on that note, I, I, um, I wanted to talk about some of the worst markets we've seen in in um, the last hundred years or so, um, because I think when people when people of course think about you know r- risk in an investment strategy, um, you know w- one of the ways to gauge comfort level with risk is to um, is is to gauge comfort level with you know seeing temporary downward balances right and and it's hard to. I actually think it's hard to um, gauge comfort level with risk when we're talking about percentages, but that's just the way that we always talk in the markets in terms of up a certain percentage or down a certain percentage. But we have a, we can't really do it on the air today, but we have a software that we use to assess clients' comfort level with risk. And I like this particular, it's just a little, you know, five minute questionnaire, but I like that questionnaire because it, it doesn't talk really about percentages, it shows clients dollars and it shows them their dollars, right? So it, it, it's how much money do you have, right? You put in the number and then it's showing them, okay, how would you feel if instead of seeing this number, you saw this number, yeah, right? A much okay. lower number. <laughs> and so I think that that's more impactful than talking about percentages. Cause it, right in our world, we're always talking about down 10%, dollars can down be 20. Sc- yeah, dollars can be scarier or they can be more exciting. That's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that, so anyway, we, we could, I guess we could pop into that and, and do that today. That's kind of a fun questionnaire, but I think it's more real than talking about percentages. Having said that, some of the percentages are really large when we go back and look at historical markets. So that's impactful as well. Yeah, and just just to back up a little bit, I, I, I th- you know, I, I understand uh, these modern versions of risk tests. Absolutely, that makes some sense. But yeah. it's my opinion that the more people get educated about something, probably the more comfortable they are with risk. And so we try to True. spend a lot of time educating people. But you know, I, I think if we gave a a new client a risk questionnaire and then gave them the same one five or six or eight years yeah. later it might be dramatically different sort of a thing so i, I think the the unknown and the uneducated mm. uh, th- that that just makes it that way yeah you know, just it's just, just kind of difficult i mean i i've been in this business 41 years and i think i've met three clients who said they were aggressive everybody else was conservative in the last 40 41 oh, years isn't that interesting yeah. because my yeah. story is the exact opposite no kidding wow. exact opposite wow well yeah, I mean, 
Uh, and by the way, your point a moment ago about you know giving someone a risk questionnaire five yeah. years apart or whatever. Also, if you give someone a risk questionnaire now, yeah, and then you give them a risk questionnaire <laughs> the next time the market's down thirty yeah. percent, it's a totally different score. <laughs> Everybody's score is totally different, and, and it shouldn't be that way, folks. Yeah, it, it, it you know if you want to be a, a good solid investor, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, but here we are. But interesting, you say that about the, the people that you know. I mean, a lot, most of the people well, that I'm meeting in yeah. the last decade, anyway, yeah. Yeah. are. Are want to be aggressive? Yeah, d different because that's all they different generation sort of. Yeah, yeah, but but even some older yeah. clients, very few of them want to be conservative hmm. lately. But I think hmm. that that's market related. Yeah, that might be the bond world these days. Yeah, but, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all in your head, folks. The market's going to do what it's going to do, and you need to understand it. But hey, let's talk about some scary markets. Okay, to put things into perspective. <laughs> so I went back and I, um, you know, there's been several bear markets in in the last hundred years, but I I pulled one, two, three, four, five of the largest ones. I bet you could tell me those five right now. Yeah. But I went all the way back to the Great Depression, so 1929. So there's different there's different ways to measure the U.S. market, but but what we're going to talk about uh, in this section is the U.S. market, yeah. and generally that's measured by the Dow Jones or the S and P 500. Those generally track, you know, the, the numbers are similar. Yep. So so the, the the even like the first couple I'm talking about the Dow, and then we talk about the S and P. But but generally those are similar numbers in terms of their gains and their losses. So back in 1929, I didn't pull the exact dates, but we had a two day drop in the Dow Jones of 25%. So 25% of the value of the Dow Jones was was temporarily down in just two days. And and uh, from 1929 to like, it was fall of 1929 to summer, I guess, of 1932, the Dow Jones was down 89% from its high. Yeah, that's pretty scary. In yeah. almost three years, which is incredibly scary. And we haven't seen anything like that uh, in, uh, since then. But 89% from its high, unbelievable. And then that market, and hopefully, again, we don't see a market like that ever again with, uh, you know, maybe more sophisticated uh, regulation of financial markets or th and things like well, that. Well, yeah, and I, I think, th and th th like th 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 there was no rules in 1929. Right. And the government over the years has kind of stepped in to make some things so it's yeah. a little bit more regulated sort of a the, thing. So, yeah. And 2020 and 2021 is yeah. a perfect example of the government yeah. stepping in and markets the, the, doing the, just one. Wonderfully. The opposite, yeah, the exact basically. opposite. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, and but but the but the Great Depression in 1929. I guess it took more than a decade yep. for the Dow to recover from from that drop. So unbelievable. Um, ab about a hundred years ago, there. So hopefully we never see anything like that. But you're right. Gov with government stepping in, it's well it's from 2000 to likely. 2010, it took a decade yeah. to recover too. You you, you yep. did some performance yep. numbers a few years ago about looking uh, at that thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, how about Black Monday? You were in the business on Black Monday in 1987. I was. I was, right? in, I was in West Texas looking at oil wells, as a matter of Oh, time. really? Yep. I didn't know that story. Oh, yeah. So I guess a 20, <laughs> so a 22% drop in one day. Yep. And that, and from my, again, I wasn't in the business at that time, but my, from my reading, it really wasn't, um, the, the, the external factor, the, uh, what caused that was like, that was sort of, was at the beginning of electronic trading and there were some snafus in uh, the trading markets yeah, or something? Basically a stupid thing yeah. that everybody got nervous about. Yeah. So a 22% drop in one day, and then I guess about two full years for the market to recover from that. So a, so a short 
steep decline and then like a split a slowish you know recovery from that a couple years yeah what, what folks while you're listening to these scary numbers one of the things you need to understand is that the stock market always go up goes up over the long run mm. we, we may get to that but yeah but you need to have the time to, to, to go through those times. And, and, and it's the most difficult thing for people to do to, to have to sit back and if you're, well, yeah. if you're well prepared, give it enough time to be okay sort of a thing. Time you know? is your friend yeah, in the yeah, world it, of bear it, markets. The, 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 the longer you go with a client, the easier it gets to, to work with them, right? Yeah. Think about it, yeah. Well, I do think it's important to talk about how long it takes these markets to recover yeah, from yeah. these scary markets because, yeah. because like I said a moment ago, yeah. a lot of people are comfortable being aggressive right yeah. now, yeah. but but we, you know, and I have to guide them and, and really understand, well, what's the time horizon there? Especially if I'm yeah. talking to someone, you know, who's, who's older and approaching retirement age or in retirement, if they want to be aggressive, I have to have these conversations about, okay, well, well, if we have, when we have the next bear market and if it takes several years to recover, we're going to need that time, right? Yeah. And um, so I think it's important to talk about not only how, um, not only past, you know, de declines, temporary declines, all followed by recoveries. We should be every we, one, every single one of them. But it's important to know the time because, as you and I know, we need time for portfolios to recover because we don't want to sell things when they're down in value. We want to try to you want to try to avoid that when when you're an investor. Sell yeah. high, yeah. Yeah. buy low. By the way, this right? this just a question because we're in different time frames. So, the the vast majority of folks I'm still working with, I've known for at least 15 and probably 20 or 25 years mm -hmm. okay so when when we do our investment reporting for our clients we give them different time frames to look at to kind of see how things go mm -hmm. but you know think about it folks if you if you've been investing for 20 years and you look at your five-year your 10-year and your 15 mm. and 20-year returns it's just just looking backwards to see how it goes. they're all going to be different okay but you know what okay uh if you had only been the the if you have a really good market, and I've been saying this to folks now, well, your five-year returns are going to jump more than your 10-year returns right. are going to do. And your 10-year returns right. are going to jump more. And by the way, the good news is that the longer-term returns don't move very much mm -hmm. regardless of what happens in a year or two. And, and so the, the point is people have to get to that point where they can see how that works and then meetings get easier. For me, that's almost every meeting, but how, where's your time frame with that? Are you having some of those discussions or is it still yeah. not, not long enough to get people comfortable and, and go, go easy? Just well, you have to remember yeah. that I do meet with some of the clients that yeah. you've known for 20 years, yeah. so I do have a lot of those discussions. Yeah, and, and you've you got know. the history to yeah. show them sort of a thing. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. But it, so, so the longer the time horizon you have, the easier it gets. The more predictable <laughs> the returns are. That's why we can yep. say, I, you know, we think, not guaranteed, your yeah. returns will be in this range over the long yeah. term, yeah. eight, ten, twelve years. How long right? is that? Right. right. It, well, it's a market cycle, which is eight or twelve, eight to twelve years on average, yeah. I yeah. guess, full market right. cycles. Yeah. If you want to be on um, the conservative side. Yeah, but it is interesting. It's it's interesting now and I think it can be hard for people to understand now that their shorter term returns, one year, three year, five year, are right now better, higher numbers than their than their longer term returns. Yeah, I'll, we tell our clients we're never gonna look this smart right, right. for a while. Right, right, <laughs> that, I think that can be hard for people to understand. Well, yeah. markets have been incredibly strong 
over the last five and yeah. even 10 years. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. market has significantly outperformed its long-term average in the last five years by like multiple points, five percentage points or something. Yeah. Um, so so it's it's been incredible and, and international markets have been strong as well. So, Which is why we're having this show yeah. to get people ready for but the big one. But it'll be, but, but when you're in a down market, yeah. it's very comforting. You know, this, then there can be periods of time where your shorter term returns are worse than your longer yeah. term yeah. returns. Yeah. And that that's very comforting. Yeah. Th- those longer term returns are comforting in those times. But all right, I lost my train of thought. What um, were we talking about? I, I, we were talking about markets going oh, down. Oh, markets scary. going down. Yeah, 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 yeah scary yeah. ones. So we went over the Great Depression and yep. Black Monday of 1987. Yep. All right. The, Been there, done that. The, okay, the next one, <laughs> the next big notorious one, the dot-com bubble that started in uh, early 2000. So the dot-com boom was the late 90s, and then the bubble was um, 2000 to 2003. So, that, so at, in that time, the... I think now this is the S&P was down 45% from its high over about two and a half years. And then it took another like three and a half years for the market to fully recover. So that was like a six year cycle right there from the top of the market, right? You know, ride it down, ride it back up. It's about six years for the market to be where, uh, long long time in in anybody's, in our instant gratification world. Uh, we want, we want it all. We want it now. That was like forever, right? That was like a super (laughs) long one. But so, but on that note, I went back and I happened to, uh, pull, a. We have a client that I knew had more than 20 years of, of history, yeah. performance history in our software. So yeah. I pulled like a 20, <laughs> I couldn't get an exact 20 year return, yeah. but I got a 21 year return. Yeah. So starting at that really awful time, yeah. early 2000, yeah. um, which is coincidentally and unfortunately, some our software starts tracking some yeah. information yeah. at that time. But 21 year returns, um, I'm sorry, the, the S&P over about 21 years, starting with that awful market, the dot-com bubble, is still like 8% per year. Six, yeah, seven, yeah, it, it, seven, it's, right. not a, it's not a bad number. Yeah. No, it's not 12 or 15%, yep. but it's like we're seeing right now, but it's but 8% per year starting with like, with one of the work, starting with a valley, yeah. right? With with a down market is a really, yeah. really respectable return over 20 years. Yeah, I think you um, you, you were still in school at 2000, right? When, when did you get out? Uh, I got out of school in 2003, so yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, Dur- during you, those- So you were paying those tuitions in those awful, there, there awful market years. Dur- during those Thank years, you. when I opened this show, I would say, this is World Optimism Headquarters for investors, let's talk. Mm. But I, I did that for two or three years because everybody was bummed out sort of a thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Long time to be bummed out. And we had another one about a decade later. Folks, by the way, uh, just just a quick aside. Um, the, The stock market over the long run always goes up. And the reason it does that is that the companies that make up that make more and more money, most of them over time, and they become more valuable. If you don't believe us, and if you need some uh, verification on that, there's a wonderful website called the S&P 500 at your fingertips. And if you Google that, it's part of a website called Political Calculations, uh, which I don't care about. But this S&P 500 at your fingertips, just go there. You can put in your birthday. 
Mm. Okay, and you can see how the stock market's done for your birthday, or you can put in twenty years ago and see how it. And mm. so if you if you want, if, if you have to believe that the stock market's always going to go up over the long run to to get into this game, folks. Okay, and you, you just need to take a serious look at how that's worked over time. It, yeah. it, it always goes up because we have this thing called capitalism, and companies have to make more and more money for profits, and and become companies become more valuable because they more. That's how it works, folks. Very long, though. Very, it, yeah. How long does it take to grow a company and have it become profitable? Yeah. yeah. It has gone yeah. up over time, yeah. but doesn't go straight up. Unfortunately. You need to believe that. Yeah. Okay. And be yeah. comfortable with it to be okay, folks. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. How about the credit crisis? So the credit crisis started really at the end of 07, but some of the scariest numbers were really 08 and into 09. Oh, yeah. So the S&P down uh, well, I looked at the Dow and the S&P down between 51 and 54% from their highs over 18 months. So not super, super, well, I guess a year and a half is, you know, still relatively long. Um, and then again, about three years to recover from that. Yeah. So... Oh, I thought you had a comment. No, I, I yeah. actually, I, I, did, I didn't want to interrupt. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, so by the way, you know, you can be nervous or excited or depressed about something going down 50%, but if only a half of your money is in that stock market, mm. you, you didn't go down 50%. So unless you're 100% invested, yeah. folks, in the stock market. I mean, uh, the, the most recent example I can think of this, and you saw it well, you know, we have we have some portfolios. And, you know, if you were like, like 50 or 60% stocks and then bonds on the rest of the portfolio, I, I did a lot of it. The, the last year's a corona crash. Mm -hmm. Okay, when the market was down 34%, yeah. most of our clients were temporarily down 12, 13, 14. Yeah. So, so folks, just please understand that what goes on in the stock market I kind of gets relates to what percentage of your money's in stocks. Right. And by the way, if, if people are selling stocks, they're probably buying bonds, so it's not as bad as you think it is. Right, so right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So what so one of my I wanted to talk about risk mitigation, right? Yeah. So so this is these are the, <laughs> I, the these are the I'm grabbing the audience right now with there you these go. with these numbers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but of course we want to talk about, you know, how to how to mitigate that risk, right? And and for someone to be invested 100% in stocks, hopefully not just in one, you know, stock or one, even one market, but yep. um but for, but for someone to be invested like that, they need to have they should have <laughs> a lot of time to recover. These are some long periods of time to recover. So not prudent to be an investment strategy in an investment strategy like this, unless you have enough time to for your portfolio to dig itself out of these holes all throughout history. They have. Yep. Yep. All right. Last one before the break. The Corona crash, the corona crash. of 2020, <laughs> the, the S&P down 12% in one week, then another 10%, then a couple weeks later, another 10% in one day, and then another 13% in one day, like the next day. <laughs> so we were down about 27% over about six weeks. But that one, the recovery was super fast, about, what, three months, three, four months yeah. to, to, to total recovery. And so. Dick and Plymouth, hang on. We'll get thank, to you in a minute. Thank you, federal government, for that. <laughs> yes, we have a caller, so we'll go to Dick from Plymouth after the break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined by my father, Michael McNamara. Today, we'll be right back. <laughs> 